I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding. And welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes. And on this episode, there are two halves. Yeah. And so this week, we'll be talking about two Asian American animators. Because if you didn't know, this is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, the month of May. And we'll be talking about the 40th anniversary of the classic film E.T. So let's go ahead and kick it off with honoring two Asian American animators, the first of whom is Mr. Tyrus Wong, who actually passed away in 2016. I remember reading about that, and there was an exhibit about him I remember seeing at the Walt Disney Family Museum when I went back in 2013. And why was there an exhibit about Tyrus Wong in the Walt Disney Family Museum, Ezra? He was an artist for Bambi. That's right. And he wasn't just an artist for the film. He did a lot of the artwork that inspired the whole look of the film. Yeah, that's right. What kind of artist was he? Like a painter, a background designer. Yeah. He was 106 when he passed away um, on right after Christmas and before New Year's of 2016. Wow, so he lived a long life. Yes, he did. And what other films did he work on besides Bambi? He did art for like Hallmark cards as well as classic films like Around the World in 80 Days, Rebel Without a Cause, Rio Bravo, the film adaptation of The Music Man, The Great Race, and some others. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know where Tyrus Wong got his style from? No, where? Tyrus was born in China. I read that he actually was very talented at calligraphy, which is a form of Chinese writing that has a lot of flourish. You've probably seen calligraphy around. And Tyrus Uh. would practice calligraphy as a young boy. It took a scholarship opportunity that was offered to him after his teachers noticed his talent at drawing, and that's how he got into actual art school. Yeah. He was also inspired by classical Chinese paintings from one of the early dynasties in China. And so he actually brought some of the influence of his Chinese heritage into his art. I see. And another thing that's interesting about Tyrus Wong is that he actually wasn't originally credited for contributing in Bambi. Huh, I did not know that. Yeah. He was a much smaller, not as famous person then. Yes, but he was a large part of the production. Have you seen the 2015 documentary about his life called Tyrus? I don't think I have, though, but it came out just like over a year before his death. Yes, it did. He was involved with like some of his last films he did the years before his passing was a 2011 film called How to Live Forever and a 2010 film called the, called When the World Breaks. Yeah, and I think it's kind of appropriate that there was this documentary made about his life shortly before his passing and it means we have a really beautiful window into his life. Yes. And 106 is a nice long life he had lived. Absolutely. We also still have his art. He did paintings and illustrations. Yeah. And his art is outliving him. I know. And so for our second artist feature, we are going to talk about someone who is still alive. 
And that is Sanjay Patel. Yes, who is from India. Actually, he's from London, but he has an Indian descent. Yes, his parents are from India. He was born in the UK, but when he was very young, he moved to the United States, California, actually. Yes, that's right. And what's Sanjay most famous for, Ezra? Oscar-nominated short film, Sanjay Super Team. That's right. And that short film was actually based on his own personal experience. I see, yeah. It sounds like he had developed this whole side career for himself, creating this website and series of art and children's illustrations called Gee Happy, spelled G-H-E-E. Yeah, this colorful artwork looks like Hindu gods and goddesses from Hindu culture. He turns Hindu deities into characters for children. I see. And so he was doing that on the side. And my understanding is that he was kind of torn between this pursuit of combining his culture and his passion for art and illustration and animation and his job at Pixar. And so he actually was going to leave Pixar when Pixar approached him and asked him if he wanted to turn this side pursuit of Gee Happy into a full-fledged short film. I saw it. Yes, it originally accompanied um, The Good Dinosaur. What's it about? A little Indian boy who likes to use his imagination with superheroes rather than worshipping gods and idols like his father does. Mm-hmm. He goes on an adventure with his super team and fights an evil, scary, monstrous villain. And in the end, he's able to find a compromise with his father's and his own beliefs, right? Yeah. I thought it was a great little short film. And it was a little dark and a little scary, too, at times. At times. But I think that represents the conflict that he was feeling as a young boy between his father's expectations of him and his own desires. Yeah. Which is something that I think a lot of people can relate to in their own way, right? Yeah, because it it did say in the beginning of the short, based on a mostly true story. Yeah, yeah. And Sanjay is doing, well, like I said, he has a website devoted to his art. And now it sounds like there was a Netflix show announced called Gee Happy in 2019. I don't think it's actually been produced yet, but it was announced. So presumably Netflix is working on it. Yes, yes, I did read about that. And they had just haven't announced a date as of yet. Got it. But it's in production, which is really cool that Sanjay's, you know, personal endeavor of has now turned into a whole animated series. How awesome is that? Yeah, I know. He's a creative genius and he's known for his colorful, unique art. Yeah. And so both Sanjay and Tyrus are great examples of artists who were able to incorporate their own culture and their own experiences of their parents' culture into their art and share it with the rest of the world. Yeah. A very special skill set, both of them. Anything else you'd like to say about Tyrus Wong or Sanjay Patel? It's great that even artists are more diverse now with their culture. Yeah, it's great that we're seeing a diversity of cultures in animation and in art. Yeah. Cool. So let's go ahead and move to the second half of our episode, which is going to be about E.T. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yes, which I've always been confused, actually. Is that the whole name? Yes, but E.T. is what it's called simply for short. You know, I read that when E.T. was being produced, 
there was a concern that someone might plagiarize and steal the plot line. So it went by the cover name, A Boy's Life. Yes, I know. And E.T. came out 40 years ago. That's wild. I know E.T., one of the things it had in that film was the classic interactive toy, Speak and Spell. Oh, yeah, the toy. I know, yes. I remember E.T. From what I've read, one of the facts is that it was originally planned to be a horror movie. Are you referring to the Night Skies project? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a project that Steven Spielberg was working on about aliens that terrorize a family. Huh. And then it kind of got incorporated and mushed into E.T. Huh, that idea was scrapped because Steven Spielberg wanted to do more family-friendly kind of stuff. Yeah, I think he just wanted to tell this story that he had based on his experience I read when his parents divorced, he actually had an imaginary friend who looked something like E.T. He imagined it was an alien. And so so the idea for E.T. came from this imaginary friend. I know, yeah. Who produced E.T. in in the 1980s, Ezra? The producer is Kathleen Kennedy, co-produced by the director, Steven Spielberg, and produced by Amblin Entertainment. Gotcha. It sounds like, though, Steven Spielberg originally pitched the script to Columbia Entertainment, and they didn't want it. So the rights were later sold to Universal instead. Yeah, and Universal wound up making a bunch of money off of E.T. Yes, I know. But why do you think this film was so successful, Ezra? It was unique. It was heartfelt, emotional, original like nothing else anybody has ever seen. And it's taken the world by storm and it's a masterpiece and very beloved. It is. And what are the common themes of the film that make it so beloved? Uh, The meaning of friendship. The meaning of friendship. Yeah, I would agree. And also be forming a friendship with people unlike yourself. Yeah, I know. And helping to get E.T. home. Yeah back to where he came from so he can be safe and comfortable again yes and i feel like we've talked about a lot of films like that ezra films with this idea of bringing people who are unlike one another together yeah i know it might have gotten the inspiration for disney's lilo and stitch for instance potentially i can see that link also the themes of it like for disney pixar's wally i think got inspiration from that I guess it would technically be Eva, that who's the alien in Wally. Yes, I agree, but Wally looks a little bit like E.T. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. He does. And DreamWorks Animation's 2015 comedy Home is also a bit E.T.-like. Yeah, though all of those films are fully animated, and the film E.T. was not. I know. I know that E.T. when it was first released, I know. Like, it did have a tie-in video game released, but unlike the film, which was a success, interestingly and ironically, the video game was a was one of the most failed video games in history. Interesting. Why do you think that was? Oh, probably because of how people didn't like the graphics or how it was shoddy and all. You know, that's interesting to me because I think that one of the biggest draws of E.T. as a movie was the story it tells. And it's harder to capture a story in a video game, don't you think? 
Well, I think it is a lot easier to capture a story in a video game now, but it wasn't so easy then. Why? Because it's a lot easier to incorporate a, a story with a video game, like depending on the levels. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. And here's another interesting thing about E.T. For its 2002 re-release, there was an, a change they did. There were a lot of changes, actually. Yeah. The, during the police chase scene, the police, their guns were replaced by walkie-talkies. Interesting. I know that in that re-release, Steven Spielberg actually went back and made a few minor modifications, changing the way things looked and a few of the lines. Yes, it was re-released 20 years ago to commemorate its uh, 20th anniversary. Yeah, and so now 20 years after that, it's the 40th anniversary. The original the original version of the film was 114 minutes, but the 2002 re-release was extended and it was changed to just two hours. So 120 minutes on the nose. And so besides all of the films that E.T. may have contributed to or inspired, how else is E.T. carried on these days, do you think? There had been a sequel, but that was canceled because Steven Spielberg refused. However, Xfinity, the internet cable TV company, did do a short film sequel called A Holiday Reunion that featured a bunch of other aliens. Interesting. I don't know if I saw that one. So I'm saying, yeah, that's what acted as an E.T. sequel. Got it. But even beyond a sequel, E.T. still is one of the... It's one of the highest grossing films of all time. I know in, there was an E.T. attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood that closed and got replaced by The Mummy, but and closed at Universal Studios Japan and was replaced by Space Fantasy The Ride, but it's still operating, however, in Universal Studios Florida. Interesting. And there's still a lot of E.T.-related merchandise and stuff in uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. Like some funny E.T. plushes you can see. Well, of course there is, because E.T. is still beloved by so many people. I know, that's right. Other things like E.T., like in The Phantom Menace, the first of the prequels, George Lucas included members E.T. species as one of the alien species. Oh, I didn't notice that. He was also a cameo in Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which came out recently that I already saw already and loved. Oh, I'm glad you loved the film. How else is E.T.'s legacy carrying on 40 years later? Um, it captures the hearts of generations, young and old. It does. I know. And E.T. kind of sets a precedent for how moving and powerful a youth film can be. E.T. also appeared in the crossover special, Earth Day Special, which featured characters from... Shows like The Muppet Show, Married with Children, The Golden Girls, Cheers, Ghostbusters, and Back to the Future. Interesting. Yeah. What other children's films has Steven Spielberg done, Ezra? I think he did, like, children shows. Like, he did the hybrid movie You Frame Roger Rabbit and Warner Brothers shows uh, Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs, which were produced by Amblin in collaboration with Warner Brothers. Got it. Amblin is gonna is later this year, along with Warner Brothers, is gonna do a reboot show called Tiny Toons Luniversity, which they're doing following the success of the Animaniacs reboot. Oh, cool. So back to ET. In recent years, I know uh, there have been an illustrated storybook based on the classic film, 
along with a board book based on E.T. Oh, cool. That's great that the story is being translated into another format. Yeah. I hope it encourages younger kids today to go and see the old movie, even if it might be a little spooky or weird because it's, you know, the 1980s style. Because it was different. Things were different long before they were born and long before we were born. Exactly. But per the movie, you can overcome differences. I know. All right. So shall we go ahead and head into trivia? Yes. Let's answer our trivia question from two weeks ago. How many cast members from Bob's Burgers have also been writers for the show? Three. Three. That's right. As far as Ezra and I can find, H. John Benjamin, the voice of Bob, Dan Mintz, and John Roberts have all been writers on the show in addition to being voice actors on the show. So there's your answer. And this week's trivia question, of course, is going to relate to E.T. E.T. featured the candy Reese's Pieces, but what other kind of candy was originally going to be in the movie? find out on the next episode thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of animation and beyond bye bye